Convincing 5-2 win for the Winnipeg Jets over the Edmonton Oilers tonight. They got it started early, just past the two-minute mark of the game. Bad goal given up by Miko Koskinen, but he didn't get a lot of support from his mates tonight either. The Jets really took control with three goals in the second period. The Oilers' power play made it somewhat interesting in the third. Leon Dreisaitl scored two power play goals, one on a two-man advantage. He's up to 17 goals on the season, but the Oilers could not muster anything else after that. Kyle Connor puts it away with an empty netter. So 5-2 Winnipeg is the final. The Oilers go 2-3 and three on the five-game road trip they're now 11 and 4 on the season Winnipeg now 9-3 and 3 and these two teams are going to go at it again on Thursday night thanks a lot for joining us Reed Wilkins Rob Brown and the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center for Heartland Ford overtime open line 86th minute at Commonwealth Canada leading Mexico 2-0 so pretty exciting night for Canada there the Edmonton Elks beat Toronto 13-7 to snap an eight-game losing streak they hadn't won since Labor Day. Well, Rob, full marks to the Jets for this victory. I, I struggle to find an area where the Oilers, maybe you'll find one. I, I struggle to find an area where the Oilers outplayed the Jets tonight. I mean, unless I suppose you can give them credit for the power play goals. But, I mean, Winnipeg uh, went one for four on its power play. The Oilers went two for four. This is a pretty thorough victory by Winnipeg, I thought. Yeah, they played well. Uh, Winnipeg's a deeper team. They Last year, they traded for Dubois, and Bob and I talked about it after the game. Dubois is a different player than he was when they got him last year in the trade. Last year, he came over. He had to quarantine for two weeks. He got injured, and he never became the player that he had been. So when the Oilers played Winnipeg last year, it, they didn't have that solid second-line center that they have now in, in Dubois, and, and you have Lowry as your third line. So the, the Winnipeg Jets feel pretty confident when they throw three different lines out on the ice that they can get things done. Uh, they added a couple defensemen in, in Dylan and, and Schmidt, and both very physical. They, they, you, talk, you and I talked about it off-air that this is the most physical any team has been against Connor and Leon all year. Leon was knocked off knocked onto the ice about three or four times. He goes months without hitting the ice. He just doesn't get knocked down. So Winnipeg came in with a game plan. They played it perfectly. They played very, very well. And when there was a breakdown, and both teams had breakdowns at time, uh, Hellebuck was very good in net. He came up with some big saves. He got beat twice on the, the power play, but he was good. So in all aspects of the game, the Winnipeg Jets came in and they executed their plans much better than the Edmonton Oilers did. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting. I guess we could sit here and say, well, to, to beat the Oilers, you have to be physical on them. Well, of course, easier said than done. <laughs> Boston wanted to be physical on the Oilers. And they, I think they were in the first period, but they couldn't keep it up. And uh, St. Louis wanted to be physical on the Oilers uh, as, as well. But... Um, <laughs> again, easier said than done. It's going to be an interesting rematch on Thursday night, and, and I think that's... Uh, and, and we'll talk about the McDavid play on Pionk in a couple of minutes here as well, but that's going to be... That's going to be something that the good teams will try to do to the Oilers all season. The question is, can you do it? I mean, first, you, you need the lead, and you need kind of a group effort. I mean, if two or two or three guys go out there and try to bang, well, that may not be enough because they can't play the entire game against those guys. Well, and, and you need players that play big minutes to be able to do it too. You could have a big banger, some guy that's really physical, but if he's only capable of playing nine minutes a night, well, he's not going to do much against Leon and Connor because they play 24. Uh, the players that were physical in this game for for the, the Winnipeg Jets were guys like a Lowry, uh, Dubois, and then on the back end, you know, Stanley was, was very physical. Dylan was physical. These, Pionk was physical. These guys, these guys play all night long. So it's not like you're throwing one guy out there said, okay, you be physical against Leon. It was a group effort because it was guys that you can put on the ice and feel comfortable with. And the other thing about it, other than that one blip in the third where they took, uh, Stanley took the dumb penalty to give the, the Oilers the five on three, the Jets were fairly... Uh, disciplined in this game too so they were physical and disciplined and if you can do those two things then you have a chance to beat the Oilers and slow their top players down Neil Pionk he's been a, a pretty good addition to the Winnipeg Jets he can shoot he can play a little nasty himself and uh, Connor McDavid got up high on him with 745 and Mexico has scored by the way in the 90th minute so we'll see how much time is added on and now that we got 
pushing and shoving inside the Canadian net. So I'm sure you've seen this in soccer. When a team is trailing and they score, they try to be- grab the ball immediately and sprint with it back to center. So there's a kickoff right away and they save time. So the Canadian goaltender who had missed making the save and that sort of was on the ground after diving to try to stop the shot, grabbed the ball as it was... Uh, in the net well actually he didn't even dive to make the save it went by him and then he dove back into the net and got them and then it was a, to keep the ball away from the mexican players then it was a free for all well, it's funny i thought when they showed the replay i thought that the that he hit the post and i thought oh he thought he hit the post he still has a chance oh, to save it, it. but he was it. actually trying to get it out of the back of the net and then it was a fight for the ball well, and there's he like, actually forearmed the mexican oh he did right in the chest. and then the yeah. other guy came from behind and got it and the thing for canada in this game their best players out of the game they subbed out davies with well with three minutes to go in the game so he just came out and all of a sudden so he can't play anymore davies is out so they the, the team canada needs this clock to run a little bit faster and there has been a lot of injuries well, in this Canadian game players making sure he's getting looked at here but they, ha- does, they haven't put they the still add they still add up time They'll on. still add all this on and they haven't flashed it up yet though i'm saying at least five minutes i would think so because there was a lot of players laying down in this game so i'm guessing about five minutes of time still to be added on so this game that looked really comfortable yeah, for canada yeah it looked really comfortable for canada a minute ago now all of a sudden they've got to withstand five minutes of a of the mexicans coming at them as this a very, very important last five minutes because this would really solidify Canada's spot yeah. in first place. All of a sudden, if they don't win this game, Canada's still in third place. Yeah, but it'd be nice to get the, the three points yes. instead of the one. So obviously we'll keep you updated as that interrupted what, what we were talking about. So McDavid behind the Winnipeg net, 7.45 to go. I mean, he and Pionk have been going at it going back to last year. Now McDavid kind of came up and under a little bit we've, we've seen a couple replays it was called roughing um his elbow was out though it didn't look like his elbow contacted the head but there was there was head contact yep. um I, I think i i do think the league will look at it i agree i don't know if he's going to be uh suspended but on, on a hit like that I, I think the league has to take a look i think and then they should i mean we certainly would hope that the league would look at it if it was a Edmonton Oiler player that was hit that way. Uh, I don't think it'll be a suspension. Uh, I think there's a possibility of a fine, not that it really matters, because well, there's only a limit on how much you can get fined, and I'm sure Connor can afford it. But yeah, it, it will. I believe it will be looked at, and it should be looked at. Yeah, as the Oilers, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, the third period was semi-interesting they, they were outplayed their their power play made it interesting dry settle got a one-timer on a two-man advantage he'd been cross-checked by stanley to put them up to and then the order's second goal was a scramble in front and dry swept it in and oh my god mexico tied the game no it was no off the goal it was line. on the it goal was line. off the goal line the canadian keeper got it off the wow line. Well, this is exciting. Well, we've wow, seen I thought, it. I thought that was in. So did I, and so did the Mexicans as they were cheering. And they're all over Canada now. They are. So we'll see if <laughs> another Canada big can, save. We'll see if Canada can hang on. Uh, so, and we've seen. It's interesting because we we were taking calls last week about refs and could they use video review to help uh, <laughs> help with the pe- penalty calls. So that one. Dreisaitl sweeps the puck in, and the referee immediately waves it off. Yes. Immediately. So what happened was Pugliarvi was shoved into the crease and bumped Hellebuck, and then he was kind of trying to stand up and back out when Dreisaitl swept the puck in. Let's uh, go back to Winnipeg. Here's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Effort tonight. Uh, What did you see in this win for your club? Well, we had some uh, first for things. Nuge got his first one. McLeod got his first one. Yamo got a big goal at the end for us, which is uh, is good to see. Um, took too many penalties. Sorry, that's actually uh, the, the post game from St. Louis was so good that apparently they're replaying it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll get you Dave Tippett when he does start talking after the game in Winnipeg. So the Oilers challenge for goalie interference or to have the goalie interference overturned, and actually quite quickly it was overturned and the goal stood. Yeah, it was the right call. Uh, it's always scary for a coach when you when you uh, call for the challenge because if you're wrong, it's a power play going the other way. But it it looked very blatant that there was a cross check. Puliarvi went down and Puliarvi got out fair, pretty quick. 
and actually one of the Winnipeg Jets kind of helped them get out, pulled them out. Uh, the right call was made. The Edmonton Oilers got their goal, and at that point looked like there was a chance that they could get back in the hockey game, but the Winnipeg Jets actually got better after that. So it was a good finish for, for the Winnipeg Jets after a little bit of a scary moment when they gave up the two quick power play goals. Yeah, so, I mean, that made it kind of exciting, but full marks to the Jets. They were the, they were the better team tonight. Uh, Skinner played the third period, made eight saves on eight shots. A couple of difficult saves, so we'll yep. give him credit for that. Koskinen, who... I, I still contend he's having a, a good year, though I, I still hear from a lot of naysayers out there <laughs> in oil country, and I get it because, you know, we've we've been critical. The first goal against was absolutely awful. Yes. Uh, absolutely awful. Like, And that's the thing about Miko. When he lets in a bad one... It's really bad. Sometimes they're, they're really... I mean, all goalies will have ones where it's like, oh, I don't know about that one, but a couple of his, a few of his have been, oh, my God, I didn't think that had a chance. That um, was that was one of them. Right that, there. that was one of them. Yeah. Um, so fine, he's got to live with that. He did make some good saves, but but again, the Oilers are scored on first. Okay, no, that one's a bad goal. The, the the other five in a row, they've been scored on six. They've been scored on first six games in a row, and we're starting to talk about this a lot. Falling behind now. In some games, they've had a response. In other games, it's been what th- three nothing in Detroit. Uh, uh, Four nothing tonight. I, I guess in Buffalo they came back and had the lead, but they were scored on first. So th- this this isn't this is an issue that they allow that first goal as often as they do. And now we got more tussling. This this is incredible. This game, this soccer game is more physical there, than the Oilers game. There are more scrums after whistles than in most uh, hockey games. I, I'm not. Sh- somebody, one of the players tried to knock. There's a de- there's a delay here, so one of the players was holding the ball. Was it a Mexican player holding the ball in the but he took it away. To swipe it away? But he took it away from the Canadians. I believe Canada has wow. a corner kick. This is, uh, anyway. So Canada's up 2-1. We're well past the time added on limit, but I think additional time keeps getting added on. But again, it's just, it's disappointing that the Oilers don't seem to come out with a lot of fire. And then as I referenced earlier, when you when you keep falling behind, it lets the other team play the way they want to play. And, and affects the Oilers playing with, I think, the rhythm they would like to play with. Oh, you're absolutely right. The Oilers are a good front-running team. We've seen that with their record this year. They haven't lost when they've scored first. When they score first, now you're the opposition, and you got to open it up a little bit. you got to get away from your game plan. Uh, and when you get away from your game plan, that just creates more uh, odd-man breaks for the Oilers because you're pushing, you're pushing, you're pushing, and all of a sudden an odd-man break goes the other way, and it's Leon and Connor on the odd-man break that are that are getting them. So uh, the Oilers have got to get out of that because the Oilers want to dictate a game. They want to dictate it, but they can't dictate it if they're trailing. And that's it. Canada does win 2-1. Uh, a yellow card on a Mexican player on the final play. Canada had a corner kick so they just did a little basically two yard pass and a Mexican player ran in and body checked the Canadian to the ground now the players converge here near the Mexican net off off both benches as the game ends I mean it's not I don't want to make it sound like it's more than it is it is not fighting there's been a little bit of pushing but there's just a lot of talking and get your arm off me slapping the arm away and and uh well, the thing that's hard right now is both teams are wearing long black trench coats, so you can't even tell well, who's on yeah, who. Yeah, the guys off the bench are, are coming on in, <laughs> in the huge coats. And it, it is not breaking up. I, I, it's not escalating, but it's also not stopping. Oh, okay, if we wanted to pick, the Canadian players are wearing red hats, so let's go with that. We're, yeah, we got red toques on. Looks pretty good. Canada won 2-1. So we're first in CONCACAF for World Cup qualifying. Which is unbelievable. I never thought I would say in my lifetime. We're ahead of the Mexicans. We're ahead of the U.S. We're ahead of Panama. We're ahead of Costa Rica. We're ahead of all these teams that have been to World Cups and are consistent World Cup teams. And right now, after eight games out of 14, Canada's in first place. Good on them. All right. We'll get to Dave Tippett in a minute here. I I just think we should describe this scene at Commonwealth. I mean, the fans are going crazy. And this postgame, now the Canadian goalie is shoving his own players out of the scrum because... To try to calm this down. I mean, you don't want to get a red card and well, yeah, then you miss the next game. You're right, absolutely. I I mean, it's too important. Canada's got to take the victory here. 
and and get out of this. I mean, this started at the north end of the field, close to the Mexican penalty area. So and in football, and, it would have been the one-yard line that started on. And now they're at, at midfield, and now the Canadian players are breaking away and, and celebrating with the fans. So hopefully this will sort of die down. we got players throwing snow in the air. The fans are going nuts, and I think now the, uh, the Mexican players are slowly leaving the field. What a... There's been a few nasty moments in, in Canadian games. So. It, it's funny for a non-violent game. <laughs> a quote-unquote non-contact Yes, sport, there yes. seems to be way more <laughs> pushing and shoving in scrums than we see in any of the, the hockey, no, hockey games. And it's funny, too, I laughed earlier, is the hockey players were in a much more comfortable environment on the ice today than the soccer players were in their game playing outside in the snow. Okay, so that's the story at Commonwealth. The story on the ice in Winnipeg is the Oilers were soundly beaten 5-2 by the Winnipeg Jets. And here we go, head coach Dave Tippett. Well, we got down early and uh, gave up another couple in the third or in the second, and uh, chase, started chasing the game. You're end of, end of a road trip. You can't. You get down early. You're just. You feel like you're climbing an uphill battle. So we. Uh, yeah, there's some things that we wanted to do better in our own zone. We competed harder around the puck. But uh, every time we got an opportunity, Hellebuck uh, closed the door, and we just chased the rest of the game. You guys have done a pretty good job at, at overcoming leads uh, throughout the course of the season. Did yeah. you notice maybe a difference tonight and why you weren't able to do that? Uh, you get down 4 nothing. That's a hard game to chase. I mean, let's be honest, you know, here. So it's uh, we got a couple of power play goals there to get us back around it. But, yeah, just... Not enough, uh, not enough juice to our group right now. We need to get home and get a day of rest. When you're falling behind for nothing, you're—I don't know if the word is overplaying—but you're playing your top six guys, and the other guys aren't uh, you're getting chasing the game. The, you're chasing the game. Yeah. You know, you're chasing the game. And you're just trying to find some. We're trying to find something before the end of the th- second period there. So you're—it uh, is what it is. We talked about uh, we talked about the five-on-five play, and you, you think uh, it wasn't. Hellebuck made some good saves yeah. tonight. We were better in our own end tonight than we were in St. Louis, right? So uh, there's still work to be done on both sides of it. Dave, two and three on the road trip, facing some adversity. What do you think is the biggest lesson your group can take away from this road trip? Well, there's some there's some good parts of our game and some good parts we got to continue to work on. There was some things we liked in Boston. Uh, the Buffalo game's a, a game that we probably deserved to win and didn't get... Uh, their goaltender played very well. Um, you know, didn't like uh, our game as much in St. Louis and got a win there. And, uh, you know, came in here and you could tell we were low on energy, you know, to finish the trip and to get down early like that, chase the game. It just, we just didn't have the oomph to come back. Dave, what did you think of uh, Leon and Connor just uh, sort of responding physically as they were being challenged wherever it was on the ice? So they. They kind of they took it, but they gave back as much. As uh, it's competing hard. We're, we're you know we're asking our guys to compete hard. You're trying to get back in the game, and those are the guys that are leading the charge for us. So, game's physical. Everybody plays physical. Just because they're high-end scorers doesn't mean they can't play physical. And that's, uh, that's they're trying to do what they can to help us win. Good that you play the Jets again in two nights. The same team that just beat you. Well, or does that matter? It, it's it, you're in the regular season here. You're. We, we need to get home and get a day of rest, get get uh, back organized, what is that, eight or nine days on the road, get home and have uh, a day of rest and, and get back at it on Thursday. Was uh, taking Koskinen out uh, on, on him or was it... Uh, you just a no change, just looking for a change, yeah. in, change in scenery. Were you surprised on the no call on the second goal? Pretty big moment in the hockey game and Derek Barnes goes down. Uh, you look at it, it's incidental conduct. It's... If that's if that's us, we're going. You know, if it's a call, you get it. If not, it's not something you're gonna. It was. It wasn't uh, malicious by any stretch of the imagination. All right, that's Dave Tippett as the Oilers lose 5-2 to the Winnipeg Jets. I can tell you this, Dirk is a winner of a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Excitement bet on it for our River Cree set the line. He took the over. Total goals in this game by Dreisaitl and Kyle Connor combined. I set the line at 2.5. Kyle Connor's empty netter gets the total to 3. 
all in the third period. So, Dirk, congratulations. I wasn't sure how that one was going to work. It turned out to be more suspenseful than I thought. Oh, wait, I got Dirk a phone. Dirk got it. I got a phone call, Reed. It's Vegas. They're asking you to come down and set the lines for they, all they sporting events. They want be a professional set-the-liner. I wonder what those guys get paid. Oh, I bet you they get paid pretty good because they're probably they making cut. They're making the casinos a lot of money, <laughs> and there's a lot of casinos down there. Anyway, so Dirk, uh, good for you, but the Oilers, uh, not enough tonight as they lose 5-2. It is a $200 donation to 630 Shed Santa's Anonymous, courtesy James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They're giving $100 for every Oilers goal throughout the season, which is cool. We appreciate that they are doing that. Koskinen, 22 saves on 26 shots. Uh, Skinner stopped 8 out of 8, as I mentioned, and Hellebuck, pretty good game, made some really good saves and uh, did what he had to tonight. He stops 32 out of 34. We are happy to hear from you tonight. 780-496-0063 is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. You're also going to hear from Dreisaitl and Nurse. Back in a couple of minutes, more Heartland Ford overtime open line. Connor on the left wing. Behind the net for Wheeler. Couldn't get it in front of the Oiler goal. Wrapped around. Comes out to Connor. Great save made by Koskinen off of Kyle Connor. It's cleared out by Fogel. Connor got that puck right in the slot. And Koskinen had to shut the door. That's the save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. And I guess that's why Koskinen can be a little frustrating. We're watching that. And we both made exclamations when Koskinen made the save. Connor's wide open slot inside the hash marks (laughs) and Koskinen stops it and then unfortunately earlier in the game though he let in the the fluffer from Lowry. Yeah, that's tough. We saw the good and the bad in in, in Miko tonight and it's funny. Had they been at opposite times if they would have, he would have made a couple big saves early in the fluffery led in middle of the second. Would it have been as devastating a goal? Um, if he does the opposite, he stops the fluffer and lets in one of the ones that probably should have won and let in the same amount of goals, but just a different type of goals would be talking about his his performance as much. But when you're a goaltender, you're always judged on what you do and what you save and and what you don't save. And tonight, he didn't stop the first shot on net that was a um, literally a grade E scoring chance. And that put the Oilers behind. And I, I do believe that Skinner will probably get the start in the next game on home ice, and I have no problem with that. And it'll be a great test for the young kid in net because... Uh, Winnipeg is good, and the Oilers have not lost two in a row yet this year, and they're coming off a loss to the Jets tonight. That'll be our adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line. 5-2, Winnipeg takes it one uh, nothing after the first and then pretty much out of reach after the second. 4 nothing for Winnipeg. Dry settle with two power play goals. I mean, he is up to 17 goals on the season <laughs> that, in which 14 is, games. Which is amazing. Oh, pardon me, 16. 15 games. Okay, yeah. It, he has, what, like, we're actually losing count. He has 17 goals in 15 games, yes. Uh, what a start to the season, and 33 points on the season. Um, these are, well, as we, we we heard one of the things tonight, that he, he's now only, Gretzky and Lemieux have had this many multiple goal games to start a season. Like, these are the names that we're throwing around when we're talking about the start of the year for Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, Connor McDavid is having a fantastic year. Connor now has got 29 points on the season, and he's four points behind his teammate. So uh, another strong night for Leon, uh, a couple big goals, and when things get a little physical out there, he seems to pick his game up, and you saw he enjoys it. He went right at the Winnipeg Jet after he scored the first goal. Then he went and scored a second goal. Uh, I would imagine that both Leon and Connor have good starts to the game against the Jets the next game. Well, I hope so. Somebody needs someone to. needs to. Uh, well, and in all honesty, it, it, it has to start with them. I yep. mean, you're not going to say, "Hey, Kyle Turris, go out there and have a good start for you." I mean, what's Kyle capable of doing? 
that's going to drag a team along with them. So the good starts are on the back of the best players, but uh, Leon Drysettle's magic season, even in a loss, continues. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Arsh on the line. Thanks for calling. You're on with Robin Reed. Hey, Rob Reed. How you guys doing? Good. Uh, I got two points. Um, first is our 5-on-5 five five play, uh, play just has to be much better. Like, uh, they're relying way too much to score goals on the power play. And yep. I, I don't believe that's sustainable. And also, our bottom six is not looking too well right now. I believe they scored seven goals, and they've let in 18 out there. So right now, as it stands, they're a liability. So they, yeah, Tippett has come up with something to uh, boost the bottom six. Well, I mean, there's nothing... I mean, Tippett can only do so much. He's only got so many players to play. One of his, well, two of the main players that they expected to be in their bottom six are out right now, Shore and Archibald. And they, all of a sudden you have a Shore and Archibald on your fourth line. That fourth line is much stronger than it is today. But there's only so much Tippett can do on the third and fourth lines because right now the only healthy scratch is at Benson. Is there anyone else? Well, oh, Sevier. Sevier Benson and Sevier. Came back. So those yeah. are the only two. So they've already had their opportunities to show what they are doing on the bottom six. Uh, injuries uh, have taken a toll, and the, uh, the heart issue that uh, Archibald's had has put what Holland had wanted to be the bottom six, has put it in a little bit of a flux, and the Oilers have had to search for other players to be able to step up. And the bottom six on nights the bottom the third line on nights has been good i think they started the season yeah. probably their first six or seven games were better than the last seven or eight yeah and that's if why i have to speak very generally and that's why they switched it around that's why mcleod is now the right. third line center and he had mcleod was good last game didn't notice him as much tonight against a much better winnipeg team yeah and i think i think that's a fair comment by arsh now i i have no problem with the power play being good but yes today you, you don't score five on five that's well that's been the biggest issue all season that's, long it's, it's still even though they they are deeper up front i mean hyman adds depth to the first two lines on the power play yes. so you know that doesn't necessarily uh you know i think fogel has had uh, some good games cassian's been in, a, in and out ryan's sort of been supplanted by mcleod for the time being so we'll see where that goes but yeah that's that's a fair comment and it's going to be more of a challenge against the really good teams like yep. like the Jets. Uh, I mean, it's a, f- a funny road trip because, I mean, <laughs> you lose to Detroit and Buffalo, which you wouldn't expect, and you get good kind of dramatic wins in Boston and St. Louis, beaten pretty bad by the Jets tonight. I, I also think there there's a lot of talk about the Oilers defending. Mm-hmm. And... I actually think, and I'm curious to know what if people want to chime in on this at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Yes, sure. There, of course, sometimes you get beat. Defenseman doesn't tie a guy up. I, I get it. Those there have been goals because of that, but I feel like there have been more goals and more quality chances against when the Oilers have turned the puck over. By it's often by a defenseman. Mm-hmm. I mean, Keith's been guilty of it. You mentioned the one nurse let float off his stick in the neutral zone. Um, you know, Bouchard's been up and down. Well, you can probably find anybody. So, to me, that's. I I understand the criticism of okay, how well do they defend the cycle and all that, but I think a bigger problem has been, oh, well, we got the puck and now the pass goes t- to nobody or to the other team. Well, one of the things that the Oilers have tried to do, and and there's a lot of talk, and I've read articles where the Oilers are a better team in transitioning the puck. And they do have better offensive players now. But I, I know from experience, because I was an offensive player, offensive players are prone to try to make higher risk plays. They they're not offensive players don't want to go off the glass and out. Offensive players, to borrow, was it Todd McClellan, don't want to punt. They always want to try to make a play, and sometimes in doing so, get themselves into trouble. They turn the puck over. And that's one of the problems when you go all with one kind of defenseman or one kind of uh, type of player that you don't have that, and we'll go back to it, Adam Larson. The Oilers missed that. Adam Larson was off the glass and out. That's all he had to worry about. People complained about it, but when he was on the ice, there wasn't a lot of event in his own zone. 
He knew when it was time to punt, and he knew when to calm down a game. And the Oilers don't really have that player right now. They have guys that can make great passes, but they also have guys that turn the puck over. They have guys that uh, don't know how to slow the game down because they've never been asked to play that style before. So I agree with you. The Oilers, most of the problems against a lot of the teams, they create their own problems. Now, against Winnipeg, Winnipeg was able to create some things themselves because they're good. But the Oilers do... Uh, they do create things for themselves, get themselves into trouble, and then they're trying to bail themselves out. And tonight, uh, Koskinen wasn't able to bail themselves out enough. I actually, I think Cody Ceci has been the Oilers' most consistent defenseman. I agree. I agree. For His ceiling isn't as high, but he hits his ceiling most nights. Or Nurse, Nurse, Nurse. Nurse's ceiling is higher, but it's hard to maintain that over 82 games because the yeah, expectations and, and he are. He plays high. a lot. The yeah. quality of competition. Yeah. And but all I agree. That. But CC's, CC's been relatively reliable. I CC's think. been better than I expected. I believe he's he's one that's exceeded the expectations of what he's capable of doing, and that's a good thing. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll go to Daniel. Hey Daniel, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, good evening, fellas. Great show. Always enjoy your post game shows. Um. My comment is this, and uh, I'd like some feedback from from Rob there, and well, as well as Reed, of course. But uh, I I really enjoyed the the little short brief conversation you had with with Bob earlier. And uh, to my way of thinking, you know, hats off to Winnipeg. I think if any team has figured out, you know, outside of Montreal last year, you know, how to play against the Oilers and. Uh, you know, hinder their ability to do what they want to do. I think Winnipeg certainly has it to a T. Um, my concern is I'm not sure if the Oilers have the physical ability to push back. And and to me, that was quite evident this evening. And uh, it sort of concerns me in a sense. I'm not, I'm not talking about uh, uh, silliness, but the ability to, you know, to hit back and make life difficult for Winnipeg. And I mean, I know if you're chasing the game and, and you're seeing you have to be, you know, skating to get in those positions and the Oilers seem to be a little bit slower tonight than I like to see them. But I'm just wondering, you know, going into the next game, you know, what what is it that the Oilers have to do or what can they do to to be more on the initiating side rather than, you know, you know, taking the uh, you know, when push comes to shove, I thought, when, like I said, Winnipeg outpushed us tonight. Well, Winnipeg is built to play that way, and the Oilers aren't. The, the Oilers' third line is capable with Fogel and Cassian, but outside of that, the fourth line isn't with Turris and Perlini on the wings. They don't play that way. And obviously your top two lines, that's not what they're there for. They can push back Connor and Leon, but you, you want them playing with the puck not being as physical on the back end uh that's again a, a loss of larson he's the big physical part on the back end uh keith isn't a physical player uh cc not really physical nurses but outside of him they don't have that so the oilers to combat what winnipeg does get the lead and that takes away what winnipeg can can shut you down that forces winnipeg to play a skilled game where edmonton has the advantage yeah good call daniel we'll, we'll dive into that deeper as we move along here we got to bring you the 9 30 news and weather, which we really want to get the update on. The uh, Oilers taken down tonight 5-2 by the Jets. Canada beats Mexico 2-1. Elks win 13-7 in Toronto. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Race off to the right of Hallibuck. They do get the win. Puck on the blue line. It's Nurse. Left side to McDavid. Over to Dreisaitl. Scores! Leon Dreisaitl with a one-timer. Goes high on Hellebuck and cuts the Jet lead to 4-1. Dreisaitl would get another one, also on the power play, but the Jets beat the Oilers 5-2. Dreisaitl now 17 goals on the season. McDavid, two assists tonight. Nurse and Nugent Hopkins had a helper each as the Oilers' record slips to 11-4. Whenever Edmonton scores five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Try the legendary Wagyu steak cooked before your eyes. Reserve now jvedmonton.ca along with Rob Brown I'm Reed Wilkins thanks for tuning in today hope you had a warm and safe day I know there were a lot of collisions out there on the roads today so hope you're doing all right and uh we're able to watch some sports lot <laughs> lot going on for uh if you stayed in front of your tube or your computer you had Oilers you had Elks you had the game at Commonwealth um 
So yeah, pretty uh, pretty interesting night. And if you were one of the fifty thousand people at Commonwealth, you got to see something historic. As we were talking about, Canada's moved into first place in Concacaf and World Cup qualifying with six games to go. So that is uh, pretty cool. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Abbas on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Abbas, go ahead. What's up, bro? Hello, how are you doing? I'm fine. This is an amazing start for the Oilers, even though we lost uh, tonight. My question is to you guys, Reed and Rob. I've analyzed during the games. Connor McDavid tries to make a penalty, like, you know, impress that somebody hooked him, but he doesn't get the calls. Do you think that the referees are, like, overlooking that, or am I just looking into it? I don't think I don't think they're overlooking it. I think that there's times that the refs do miss it. I think there's times as fans we seem to see the ones. Well, you that, watch your own team, yeah. the team you're cheering for. So more. you'll see you notice the ones that are missed against your players, and you'll seem to turn a blind eye to the ones that the refs don't call for the other team. But yeah, absolutely right that Connor McDavid. If you go through, if you went through and watched all the video this year, uh, there probably would be another ten to twenty penalties and power plays that the Oilers should have just on calls to Connor McDavid. Uh, sometimes Connor, he's bigger and stronger. He doesn't go down easy, so he fights through things, which makes the ref less likely to call things. If, oh, he's still got the puck, he's still going forward, we don't have to make that call. But, yeah, there are times where you, you sit here and you're like, okay, that seemed like a penalty to me, and you wish you could find out what went through the referee's mind when he doesn't make the call. Yeah, I... I I, honestly, I thought the first three games on this road trip were oddly refereed, mm-hmm. and there were calls that benefited the Oilers. Yep. Uh, I mean, certainly. I mean, Buffalo had six. The Oilers had six power plays in the first half of the yeah. game in Buffalo, and quite frankly, I thought at least at least two of the calls were quite uh, marginal. I, I didn't have a problem with the way it was called tonight. I know the Oilers got a five on three, but I think the play the hit Stanley made on Dreisaitl sh- should be called every time, whether it's five on four or already five on three. Yeah, I mean, no. that's, a, that's a hit from behind. No, I, I thought it was a well-reffed game. I, I, the referees weren't an issue. They, uh, there was a mistake made on a goal call. It was quickly reversed in the favor of the Edmonton Oilers, which it should be. Uh, tonight, tonight, the game wasn't on the backs of the referees. It was on the backs of the Oilers' first 40 minutes. Uh, weren't good enough, and good teams make you pay. The Hurricanes and Golden Knights are tied 2-2 late in the second period. Also late in the second, Ducks up 1-0 on the Capitals as we update the Edmonton Trailer scoreboard. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. The Maple Leafs shut out the Predators 3-0. Campbell with the clean sheet. Matthews scored his seventh. Panthers all over the Islanders 6-1. We were talking about uh, earlier uh, Mayfield with the kneeing major on Barkoff. And there could be some discipline for that one. There, well, there certainly will be. That was it was dirty, it was malicious, and it injured the star player, of the Florida Panthers. So it will be looked at, and I would be shocked if he wasn't suspended. Rangers get by the Canadians 3-2. The Flyers beat the Flames 2-1 in overtime. Atkinson got the winner. Calgary's record now. Eight, three, and five. The thing, if you're a Calgary fan, where you want to hang your hat on is they're in every game. Yeah. And in and NHL playoffs, you don't play three on three in overtime. So that is Daryl Sutter hockey. Get a point. Yeah, they've been getting great goaltending yes. too. Uh, Sabers beat the Penguins two one. Sabers are seven six and two. Like they're not great, but better than anyone expected. Better than people expected. And they're not benefiting from the Eichel trade yet as the big player in that that Alex took. Uh, he's injured and won't be back till January when they will get a little bit better. Coyotes get just their second win of the season, 3-2 over St. Louis. So that's three losses in a row now for the Blues. Uh, Coyotes are 2-13-1. Sharks knock off the Wild 4-1 and it is Minnesota beating Detroit 5-2 the final in that one, and of course, right here on 6:30, Ched, we had the Jets beating the Edmonton Oilers 5-2 in uh, fairly convincing fashion. Let's go back to Winnipeg. Here's Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, not our best for sure, but um, it's tough when you go down for nothing. Uh, you're obviously not not going to win, uh, win very many games. 
How much is this, uh, Leon, is the fifth game in eight days to get the end of a road trip? Um, lots of travel, and this team was sitting here waiting for you. It's a lot of travel, of course. I've uh, been on the road for a while, but every team has, has those road trips, you know. That's, that's not an excuse. So um, We got a few things to figure out. Uh, I don't think we were as bad as maybe it looked on the score sheet, but... Um, yeah, if you go down four nothing, you, you're probably not going to win. I wonder what you make of the, the two and three road trip. You, you beat two pretty good teams, but uh, ultimately below 500 on the trip. What, what do you make of the of the five game stretch? Uh, yeah, I mean, a um, couple couple losses that we obviously would have liked to go the other way, but um, beat some good teams, did a lot of good things, uh, a lot of things that we can do better. So um, all in all. Um, it was okay, but I think we expected a little more. Just a question, Darnell. If you can't give up four goals. You can't keep trying to beat teams 5-4, five, 5-3. Five, Sometimes you got to grind out a 2-1 win or a 3-2 win on this road trip. What, yeah, what's what's the question? No, you can't. You score lots of goals, but against good teams like that, you can't give up four goals in the first two periods. I, yeah, that's what I just said, right? One question on Zoom, Ryan Shaw. Yeah, Leon, you guys are uh, you're having to kind of grind your way back into games a fair amount this year. What would you maybe just say about your you know your team early on in games versus later on when uh, when you seem to find it a little bit more? What do you think the difference is? I think we're scrambling when we're down three or four goals, right? It's, uh, pressure's on, you, you're trying to score, you're trying to get in their zone and do whatever you can. So, um, yeah, I mean, we again, we, we can't go down 4 nothing and, and expect to win a game or or do it over and over again. You know, you you, you can do it every once in a while, but uh, that's not a recipe for, for success. So um, that's something that we need to figure out and, and probably change right now. Yeah, well, that's accurate from... Leon Dreisaitl, I mean, 4-0 is not a great deficit. They won a game down 4-1, but the reason those games are stories is because you might get one every year or two, if that sometimes. So, yeah, I mean, they got they got to figure out something about the, the first periods, and it's not just, I mean, obviously goals are the product of, of, of playing well, but it's not just that they have been scored on first six games in a row. Some of those first periods... They were vacant. <laughs> I mean, they've they've had worse first periods than tonight on oh, this on this road trip. Absolutely, Detroit. Absolutely right. They've had worse ones. Um, uh, again, the Oilers. Uh, one of the last questions was, "Why are you better late?" Well, late they double shift their best players over and over again, which helps. Yeah, and, and it certainly helps. And I said it before last game. Maybe a lot of teams try to get all four lines going early. They try to get all the lines on the ice, get a bit of a rhythm going. Uh, maybe the Oilers are a team that don't want to get into your rhythm till later. Maybe you start playing your, maybe you go your best line, then your second best line, then your best line, then your second best line. Maybe you go something like that to get it going. But the, the, the Oilers aren't getting off to good starts. They find themselves scrambling. And a lot of it is just self-inflicted. And, and you and I talked about it. it Maybe they're just a little loose. Maybe they're trying to create things, and the other teams are just feeding off of their mistakes. But whatever it is, and Leon touched on it, occasionally you can come back in a game like Mm -hmm. this. But it's not a a recipe for success if you want to be a team that wins in the playoffs because when you go into the playoffs, you're only playing the best, better teams in the league. And the better teams in the league are better because when they have leads, they don't give them up very often. So... The Oilers, if they want to be a, a good playoff team, which they are capable of doing, then they better find a way to get off to better starts so that other teams are chasing them instead of vice versa. Yeah, and I know I, I say this. It, it, yes, it's a cliche, start games well, start games well, but every team in every sport pretty much talks about oh, that. Oh, yeah, it's it's not a secret. Yeah, I mean... I mean, you've see, you, you see you uh, see you see football games where it's like, well, it's it's twenty eight ten at halftime, and then it ends okay, you know, thirty five twenty five, 
and the and fans will say, oh, well, they were making a comeback. It's like, well, no, not really. They were never in control of the game. You know, they were they were playing uphill the entire game. Well, and it's it's one of those things. The other team just they're waiting for the scoreboard to run it. So you're just you're, you're running out of time, and the other team knows that. The team that the lead, they're like, all right. It's like they, why NFL teams or CFL teams going to prevent defenses. Yeah, we're gonna let they're gonna come back, but they're eventually gonna run out of time because we're not giving the big plays. Uh, you talked about you found the stat the other day. It's 70% of the time, if you score first, you're getting a point in the hockey game. Yep. And the Oilers... Uh, well, I mean, even the Rangers, they blew that lead. They got, they did get a point. Yep. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, at the end of the day, they got a, so they got a point. So the, the Oilers, uh, there's things in the game. The, Oilers, the, the nice part for the Oilers, they're very comfortable where they are in the standings. Yet, they do know that there's things that they have to improve on. It's nice to be able to improve on things when you got money in the bank. We're just seeing highlights now. The the uh, Flyers had a penalty shot. Markstrom made a great save. I think it was Lawton. Gallagher just, like... Suckered. Just crushed a guy with a right to the fight. I didn't catch which Ranger it was. Anderson got into a fight. It started out a hockey game. It's turned into a soccer match. It's turned into a soccer match with all the... Truba and Anderson fought. Well, that's... I wonder if they'll look at that for Gallagher if he punched the guy straight in the uh, head. No, that's nothing there. 780-496-0063 is the Certainty Hotline. We have Andy standing by. Andy, go ahead. Hey, guys. Um... I've noticed lately the Oilers' defense looks out of sync to me. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys, like, I'm wondering if they should change up the pairs a little bit. I liked what I saw with Duncan Keith and uh, and Bouchard. Bouchard is just, he seems a little lackadaisical, and, and, and Duncan Keith, he's he's more furious, and, and I wonder what CC and Nurse would look like. What do you guys think about that? Um, All options. Uh, I guess I, I know that the, the Oilers... They like CC and Keith. That's the one that's been consistent. The other ones have flip-flopped. Nurse has played with both Barry and Bouchard. Uh, Cuckoo, Russell have both rotated through, and Barry and Bouchard have both been first pairing and third pairing. The one, the, I think they want a solid second pairing with a couple of veteran players that they can put out in, in certain moments to s- calm the game down. Now, having said that, there's been nights where Keith has created some of the chaos that they're trying to calm down. Uh, but I, I don't think there's anything on the back end that is solidified yet. I think that they will look at all options, and you're right. Uh, maybe there would be s- certain situations where the other team's got a great first line and you want Nurse out there against them, but you want someone else that's a, a safety net where a CC could play there. Because as, as Reed said, CC has probably been the most consistent player of do- playing up to his capabilities all season long. And those are the kind of players that you want out against the other t- team's top players. All right, Oilers fall 5-2 to the Winnipeg Jets. You will hear from Darnell Nurse when we get back. You're listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Winnipeg 5, Edmonton 2 is the final. Oilers go 2-3 and three on their five-game road trip. Loss, win, loss, win, loss. They will host the Jets on Thursday, which will be a fun rematch. Drysaddle scored twice. McDavid had two assists. Morrissey had two assists for the Jets this evening. He was the only Winnipeg player with uh, multiple points. It's, it's, it'd be a shorter list to, to say which Jets players didn't get a point tonight. They had a pretty good all-round game. Drysaddle played 25-37. McDavid played 24-08. Nurse played 27-53, had four shots on goal. Pugliarvi had the most shots for the Oilers. He had six. The Oilers do, they become a good face-off team, 55%. McDavid went nine out of 11. Drysaddle went 13 out of 21. A couple other guys uh, just above or below 500. Tough night for Derek Ryan, went one for six. Jets, uh, they had uh, Nate Schmidt played 22-42. Andrew Kopp played 22-24. He's turned into a he's, pretty He's good on player. both the power play and the penalty. Yeah, he's he's t- played a lot shorthanded. He's turned into a very nice hockey player for the Winnipeg Jets. They're, they're good. They're deep. Uh, and they don't have to overtax any of their players because they're deeper both up front and on the back end. Morrissey played 23-48. Kyle Connor had the empty net goal. He had 10 shots on goal. <laughs> he's not afraid to shoot the puck. <laughs> not afraid at all. There's, uh, I mean, that's what you want. Uh, Leon, Connor, Ovechkin, uh, Connor, the, the, the best guys in the NHL, the best goal scorers, 
shoot. Shoot as much as you can. They're going to find the back of the net. Yeah. So, but full marks to the Jets tonight. They were the better team. They get the uh, 5-2 decision over the Edmonton Oilers. Also, uh, the Edmonton Elks got a victory tonight, 13-7 over Toronto. The Argos, who are going to host the East Final, uh, sat out a lot of their uh, higher-end players, but the Elks at least get the victory to snap an eight-game losing streak. They're 3-10 and on the season. They'll wrap it up at the BC Lions on Friday. And Canada surviving a late push from Mexico to win 2-1 at Commonwealth Stadium to take over first place in CONCACAF, which is pretty cool to say. Back to Winnipeg. Here's Darnell Nurse. Yeah, they capitalized on the chances uh, that they got. They had more than us and were able to, to convert when, when given the opportunity. So um, anytime you dig yourself a 4 nothing hole, it's just tough to come back in the third. got to try your best, but uh, didn't have enough to get done tonight. I think uh, opponents have scored the first goal in, in nine of the 16 games, or 15 games, rather, if I have that correctly. Do you, do you feel like this is becoming a bit of a problem, getting off to good starts? Well, we just got to keep playing. I mean, our focus is on starting. It's not like we come out and have a, a focus on giving the other team the first goal. So um, I maintain that focus on, on coming out and try to find the first one. And um, if, you, if you repeat the process of coming out and playing hard enough, uh, more times than not, you're going to be on the right side of that, that stat. So um, just comes out, it comes down to us coming out uh, in the first and finding a way to get the first one. It seems like a bit of a similarity to the Detroit game to start the trip. Got down after two periods, a bit of a pushback in the third. Do you like your way that your team kind of gave it an effort like that in the, in the third period? Yeah, we don't quit. Um, but with that said, you don't want to be down uh, going into the third period. And we've, we've been in that position a little too often. So um, yeah, we, we, uh, we know we need to be... Uh, in better positions going into the third period. We know we're capable of doing that, so uh, we just get back to work. Darnell, uh, two and three on this road trip uh, to close it out. One, how would you characterize the road trip for you guys? And two, what's the biggest lesson for you guys coming out of this? Yeah, I think we want more out of this road trip, obviously. We had a good homestand and a couple good games on the road to to begin the season, and we wanted to keep that going coming into this road trip. We didn't find a way to to keep that momentum. So for us, you got to get back home, get our uh, energy back, um, and, and get right back on the horse. It's not like we have a lot of time to sit back and relax. We're back in it uh, in two nights, so uh, we'll, we'll be hungry to, to get back on home ice and, and play the right way. Nice to see this team again in two days, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, anytime that uh, you lose, you want the opportunity to play play that opponent again and, and um, you know, and, and get a better result than, than the time before. So uh, for sure, it's, uh, it's a good opportunity to, to come back at home and, and make, uh, make our push. All right, that is uh, Darnell Nurse speaking tonight in Winnipeg after the Oilers lose 5-2 to the Winnipeg Jets. Get more on this game, more on the Oilers, and uh, more on the Elks' victory in Toronto, globalnews.ca, 630ched.com. So our next game broadcast is going to be Thursday at Rogers Place, 5.30 for the face-off show. The puck will drop at 7. Once again, the Oilers take on the Jets. Then a home game on Saturday. The Oilers are going to be meeting the Chicago Blackhawks. Duncan Keith going up against his old team. Oil Kings have a home game Friday at 7 against Prince Albert. Thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer this evening. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to the City Ford Faceoff Show. Bob Stoffer, Oilers Now, noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. Craig McTavish will be one of my guests. Have a great night, everybody.